0: And so how do we combat that? Our weapons, the weapons we fight with, are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish the strongholds. The weapons that God gives us, our arsenal, has divine power, supernatural power, unexplainable power to demolish strongholds. We have an enemy. We triumph over our enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. We're going to talk a little bit about the blood of the Lamb this morning and what it provides for us and what it means to us today in our everyday life. We're also going to defeat our enemy this morning through the testimony of some of our ladies. I want to ask Tracy katana if she would just make her way to the platform right now. She put together our Ladies Retreat. Liz Dixon was the teacher at our Ladies Retreat. And I have heard incredible, incredible testimonies already about what God did in the lives of so many women. And so I want to ask Tracy if she would to introduce a couple of ladies to you who are going to come and share their experience and what God accomplished in their life and then after they finish sharing we're gonna see a short test a short video and uh, then we're gonna be in God's Word for a little bit thank you Tracy God bless you
1: enough um, there's one area of my life that I was really needing some um, some clarity on. I really just felt stuck, didn't really know how to move forward. One of those things where it's not really spelled out in the Bible what exactly you're supposed to do when this happens. So um, God totally answered my prayers, and he not only basically told me what to do, but now I have a game plan, a mindset, a course of action, and how I'm supposed to proceed in this area of my life. So that was huge for me. So the, uh, the weekend impacted me so much, so I'm actually going to be getting involved in Uh, Love Unveiled, that's a ministry that um, Liz has, and um, some of the material that we went over uh, this past, well, at the ladies retreat, apparently we go a little deeper, and so I want to learn more, I want to learn, you know, what is my identity in Christ, not just being a Christian mom and wife, and, you know, kind of going through the motions, I really want to know what is my identity, and what is my purpose, and how can I inspire and encourage other women, just as I was inspired and encouraged at the Ladies Retreat. So um, thank you, Liz, so much. And thank you, Tracy. And for anyone who had any part in making the Ladies Retreat possible, um, I'll, I'll never forget it. So thank you.
2: Good morning. Um, my name is Gloria Diaz, and I'm past 40, so I need to read it. <laughs> I don't I can't talk like that. Um, <laughs> the past weekend I was very, it was very powerful. God truly spoke to me. Our daughter has epilepsy since she was nine years old. now she's 16. She um, hasn't had a seizure since she was for two years and seven months until Friday, she, when she had two at school. Um, I was already at the venue helping with decorations. And my wonderful husband was out of town on Air Force duty. When I got a phone call from my oldest telling me what had happened, of course, my first uh, instant was, okay, I'll be right there. I'm leaving. Um, I'm coming home. Of course, my mama bear instant kicked in. Um, their response was, no, mom, you can't come home. Stay there. We're fine. You will do so much more for us there, praying with the ladies. They even told Tracy not to let me leave. So yeah, I was not allowed to go back home. During the retreat, I was able to let go of so much that I had, and I was able to feel God's presence. You see, I had to trust in God. I guess I have to confess, I'm a little bit of a control freak, (laughs) but yes, I had to trust that my babies will be okay, that God will take care of them, that by his grace, nothing else will happen. Through worship, to list amazing teaching and the love and compassion of so many ladies, I knew that God was not only with me, but he was also with my kids and my husband. And yeah, he was in control, not me. I also realized how important it is to me in a weekly basis to be able to be accountable for one another, to grow together, and to support each other. So after that, I decided to go back into um, love and bail. I've been trying to do it for the last two years. Liz has been after me, and. Now I am doing it. I, um, I'm going to start with the, workshop, the workshops, and I'm on Tuesday morning's class. Thank you. Thank you, ladies.
3: Um, both of them mentioned that we have weekly groups, and in your bulletin, you can see that there are, um, there's a little ad for women's studies that are starting next week. And they won't start this week, but they're starting next week. So if you're interested, if these testimonies inspired you to just even question what it is, what is a weekly group, what do you do? Um, It's not just a typical Beth Moore, you know, Joyce Meyer Bible study. Um, It is life-changing. And if you're interested, I'll be in the lobby um, after the service. And then in this video that you're going to watch, I cried when I saw it. Um, so did several other people who watched it. You will see, if you've heard Liz speak at a Let's Get Real that we've had at the church or anything else, you haven't heard Liz speak like you did last weekend. Um, And you're going to see a video of her speaking. And she was led by the Holy Spirit. And you can tell in this video that she is, that God is speaking through her. And, um, Thank you, Liz, for coming and teaching 81 women who God called to the retreat. Thank you. Enjoy your video.
0: Amen. I believe that the Christ who was slain on that cross has the power to change lives today. How's your life? There is power in the blood. Jesus' death on the cross changes everything for us. Let's, um, let's start at the beginning. The book of Mark tells us that John the Baptist was baptizing people and preaching repentance of sin. And he was by the Jordan River Mark, the first chapter of Mark, tells us that there was a great, great, great crowd of people there. As a matter of fact, he says that everyone from the Judean countryside and everyone from the city of Jerusalem had come to hear John the Baptist. And then the Gospel of John picks up the story, and it says this, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, I would imagine that when he called Jesus the Lamb of God, that it was a little bit confusing to some of those people. They understood what a lamb was for. They understood that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years they had been sacrificing a lamb. That the shedding of the blood of the lamb was was necessary for their sins to be covered and for God to deal with their sins. But you know, they always knew that that was never really enough That the blood from an animal would never be enough to deal with their sin. Oh, and sure, it might cover their sin, but it could never take their sin away. It couldn't raise it up and and take it off and take it away and separate them from their sin. But that's what John the Baptist was talking about. When he introduces Jesus to the people, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We see the blood mentioned again at that last supper when Jesus is passing out the elements to His disciples. And He takes the cup, the Bible says, and when He had given thanks, He gave it to them, and they drank from it. This is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many, He said to them. Reiterating this wonderful, wonderful truth that there is power in the blood, that the blood changes things, that the blood of Jesus has the power to change us. It says in Ephesians, the second chapter, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have brought, been brought near by the blood of Jesus. You who were separated are now close to Him. You who did not know Him now know Him. And it's by the blood of Jesus that we have this intimacy, this relationship relationship With God, Colossians talks about our sin and this intimacy when he says, "You were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away. He's nailed it to the cross." The blood of Jesus shed on that cross sets us free. If you're here this morning and maybe in your life, you continue maybe for years and years and years to deal with shame or guilt or the pain of something that you've done some time in your life, some sin that, you, that, that that's always just kind of recognizable. It always comes to your mind. Maybe it's a name you hear or a place you go. The debt for that sin has been paid because it was nailed to the cross. The blood of Jesus takes that sin away. Jesus died for you. But listen, here's what this is about this morning. He died for you. But it's about so much more than just going to heaven, The power of the blood of Jesus, Jesus' death on the cross, impacts our lives today. It changes lives today. It empowers lives today. It leads lives today. The Bible says in Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus. He's speaking in the book of Mark. He's in the city of Capernaum. He takes a scroll, the scroll of Isaiah, and he begins reading it. And after he reads this passage of Scripture, he says, you know what? That's talking about me. And so here's what Jesus says. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set Captives free. Jesus is the answer. This is what Jesus wants to do in your life. This is what Jesus will do in your life. He brings good news to the poor. Well, is He talking about finances there, Dale? That sounds good. I think that He probably is talking about finances, but I believe He's also talking about those who are poor in spirit, those who are poor in strength, those who are poor in faith, those who are poor in believing, those who are poor in relationships. And He comes. Listen, it's about heaven, yes, but it's so much more than that that the power of Jesus wants to impact your life today. That the blood of Jesus comes in and actually has this, this way of, uh, of setting you Free is what he says. He want, I want to set free those who are in bondage. I want to comfort those who mourn. He says in the third verse of Isaiah 61, I will give you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This is for you today. It's for those of you in bondage. And listen, I would have a difficult time believing that to some degree, every single one of us in this room is facing some type or struggling with some type of bondage in their life today. And Jesus, the, He speaks these words to us. I want to set you free for those who are in bondage because maybe of a, a childhood trauma or, or victimization. He wants to set you free. Those who have an inability to love, even even your spouse, even your wife or husband, even your children, you just find it hard to love. He wants to set you free. He wants to empower you. For those who are insecure, He wants to set you free. For those in a bondage, that are in bondage to an addiction, pornography, drugs, alcohol, He Wants to set you free. Do you believe He can set you free from those kinds of addictions? There's power in the blood of Jesus. There are those in this room who deal with uncontrollable anger. He wants to set you free. And He wants to set you free today. To those who are judgmental. To those who doubt. To those who are discouraged. To those who are lonely. To those who have this, this chronic lack of satisfaction. Nothing can satisfy. He wants to set you free from that bondage today. Do you believe that Jesus has the power to set you free? Do you believe that it is His heart, that it is His desire that you be free from those bondages? That you be free to love? That you be free to serve? That you be free to involve yourself in, in, in others' lives, that you, that you be free to, to experience His power and His strength, that, you, uh, that you're free to be used by Him, to experience Him, to walk with Him, to grow in your relationship with Him. There's a freedom to do that, and He wants to do that in your life, and He wants to do it today. He came to set captives free. It doesn't matter what the, what the yoke of bondage is. He came to set you free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And it doesn't matter what broke the heart. He came to heal. He came to open the eyes of the blind. And it doesn't matter what is veiling your vision so that you're unable to truly, truly see. It doesn't matter. He wants to open your eyes. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4 says this, Since the beginning of time, no eye has seen or ear heard any God like our God who acts on behalf of those who wait for Him. You know what that's saying? Here's your only source of freedom. You can look for it all you want. You can pay people to help you find it. But there's one source of freedom. That's in the person of Jesus Christ. There's no one else to go to. There's no one else that can help you. And listen, you can't help yourself. You need to go to the cross. You need to go to Jesus. He can set you free today. I want this to resonate in your minds. I want you to believe this. I want you to embrace this. You don't have to to live in bondage any longer. Jesus can set you free. Why? Why would we not run to Him? What would hinder us from experiencing the freedom that the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross offers to each and every one of us? One thing is unbelief. We just don't believe Him. I'm not talking about believing in Him for salvation. I'm telling you that there are a bunch that most, maybe all, of those who have come to faith in Christ and we're believers and we, we walk with Him, we still struggle against some of these bondages. I'm talking about believing what He says about understanding and learning His Word and His promises and what He says and how He wants us to live and how He wants to guide and direct us and and just simply believing Him. If you go to Him and you admit your lack of confidence in Him and that's what it is, isn't it? I don't really think you can do this. I don't really believe the promise. I don't really think you love. I don't really think you care. I don't really think you can change me. I don't really think you can set me free. But if you'll go to him and you'll admit your lack of confidence in him, he'll set you free from that bondage in your life. He will overcome your unbelief. For a lot in here, it's just simply pride. It's self- it's, 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 it's this, I don't know that it's a desire in your life or just this natural outpouring, but there's this thing that we want to steal God's glory for ourselves. That's, that's pride. Pride keeps us from being who God wants us to be. Pride keeps us in bondage. We're not free to express ourselves the way we want to express ourselves. I'll tell you that in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to come forward and pray or maybe have somebody pray with you and say, I want to be free. Just pray with me. I want to be free. I want to be free. And there are people in this room who won't do that because of pride. Because of pride. You're in bondage to it. Jesus says, I want to set you free. Idolatry hinders us from running to Jesus and experiencing His freedom in our lives. Idolatry really is finding satisfaction in anything or anybody other than God. Anything that, that you give yourself to, that you work so hard for, that you, that you want to accomplish because you think that is the thing that is going to satisfy you, that's your idol. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's a certain school. Maybe it's a husband or wife that you want so badly. It becomes your idol because you think that thing's going to satisfy you, but nothing can satisfy you like Jesus. You won't find satisfaction in an idol only in Jesus. I think that something that keeps us from freedom is is prayerlessness. I want to tell you right now, no prayer, no peace. If you don't pray in your life, you are not experiencing peace. And that, that intimacy, that interaction, that, 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 that constant connection with God is keeping us from running to him and asking him to free us and give us the freedom. I think legalism keeps us from experiencing the freedom that Jesus died to give us. I love this passage of Scripture in Isaiah 29. God is talking and He said, These people, they come near to Me with their mouth, and they honor Me with their lips, but their hearts are far from Me. Their worship of Me is made up of rules taught by men. And so, this freedom that Jesus so, so wants you to experience It's not found in coming to church and singing really, really loud and raising your hands. It's not where it's found. Because you can can do that and be in bondage. You can be in bondage to that. You can be in bondage to the pain. You can be in bondage to fear. You can be in bondage to loneliness you can be in bondage to some secret sin i think i think the question this morning for us is do you want to be free do you want to be free you you have a choice to make and listen you have to make a choice I mean, indecision is decision. Do you want to be free? I think about the secret sin in so many of our lives. Are you in bondage to that? You can be free of that. You can be free of that today. Your secret sin, it controls you. And really, isn't that what we're talking about? What controls you? What is controlling you? For many of us, a secret sin controls us. It, it it dictates the very choices that we make. It it leads to, to more sin. I mean, we have to lie about our secret sin in order to cover it up. It damages our relationships. You can be free. You can end the bondage today. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Now look, this isn't the how-to as much as it's Jesus wants to set you free. That's the truth. Do you want to be free? Because a choice today to be free is the beginning, not the end. That a choice today to experience freedom that was purchased for us by the blood of Jesus is the beginning of a journey. And we err in church (laughs) when we allow you to leave this room thinking, well, I'm free. I guess I'm done. My life is different. And then we don't experience that Monday. And we begin to think, does this, is this work? Is this real? But I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus has the power to set you free. The question becomes, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Before we dismiss this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a phone number, and you can text. And you can say, I want to be free. If you're one of the ladies here this morning and you want to be free, you can see Tracy in the lobby and she'll give you a path that you can begin, this begin, this journey that begins. And if one of our men, one of our gentlemen that... Want you want to be free, we're going to find, we'll, we'll start whatever Bible studies we need to start. We'll find somebody to walk that journey with you. I promise you, I promise you, we're going to walk that journey with you so that you can experience freedom that Jesus came to give you. But that's that's later. What's in front of you in this moment is Do you want to be free? Do you want to be free from fear, from pain, from addiction? Do you want to be free? I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to have an invitation time. I want to ask if any of our elders are in the room, our deacons in the room, that they can come and just be available to pray with somebody. Ladies, if y'all could be available to pray with somebody. Folks, I want to ask you just to come, just come and say, I want to be free. that there is bondage in my life. I want to be free. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, that it would be full and that it would be meaningful. And it breaks my heart that the vast majority of Christians in this country today have no idea what that means. Full and meaningful. But he wants you to experience that and it comes from being released from the bondage. It comes from... From experience, the freedom that he died on the cross to give us. So I'm going to ask Arthur if he would sing. I'm going to stand here at the front. I want you to come. Please don't let pride keep you from coming.